0: 34, 34, 35, 34,
1: 34, episode 34.
0: How many different ways? Uh, yeah, WMT. we're back, whatever it means to you podcast, episode 34. My guest today is Mr. Jay Patel. Uh, we, went, we went a little longer than usual on this, but I feel like we could have gone like two more hours. Just a lot of fun to talk to Jay, a lot of good insight. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's really about it. I'm not going to say too much. Just listen to it. Shane, what do you got, man?
1: it's always good to listen to a lawyer cuz i don't know shit about that and i always find that interesting yeah
0: it's i've i've also kind of found it in uh, even though I, I don't get in trouble these days it's it's advantageous to have multiple lawyer friends as well yeah um so but anyway it was it's great to hear a story how he came to be doing what he's doing and all that fuck this <laughs> what? yeah just keep going keep hitting record fuck trying to I, I have a cold in june people so you're, you're gonna hear me uh, I, I should just go ahead and address it anyway uh, you're gonna hear me a couple times in the podcast with the sniffles and shit just get <laughs> fucking get over it and uh but anyway i hope you enjoy listening we're glad to be back doing this thing full time again um uh, y'all hit us up at the whatever it means to you podcast you can do that by wimty w-i-m-t-y dot podcast at gmail.com uh, say what's up to us. Tell us you fucking hate us. Whatever. Either way, if you have any questions for us, Shane's really good at answering questions, especially they're personal. Send Shane some of your questions, and he'll go over them. He'll read your questions, and then he'll answer them. Uh, but uh, but anyway, without any of that, you guys, please uh, please enjoy listening to myself, Shane, and uh, Mr. J Patel having a conversation. podcast back at it we figured we'd start out with a song today it's a song entitled space force uh, my guest today is jay patel what's up jay
2: how's it going guys
0: good man um <clears throat> so uh so yeah we'll just get right into it uh, how do you like that song first of all just not not subject matter but just the, the song the composition uh the catchiness well the that, subject
2: the pre- The subject matter is actually interesting because that's the first time I've ever heard that. (laughs) You've not heard the song yet? No, I haven't. And, (laughs) And it makes me wonder when Donald Trump
1: heard that song. Yeah. I wonder if he has heard it. I wonder
0: if he's listened to it yet. For sure. Doesn't he watch like 8 hours of TV a day? He like someone have, for sure brought that in that front of TV? him. <laughs> no, but someone had to for sure brought that in front of him be like, "Hey, look at this." Oh.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe he maybe he's got that on his iPhone. It might
0: be. It might be his <laughs> <He has> ringtone.
2: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, what's what's your take uh, coming into this? You said that you did a little bit of research on Space Force.
2: As you requested, I did a (laughs) very cursory amount of research on the Space Force and its legality. And really, in this political climate, it's always interesting to see because it's like a - I mean, it's literally like TV. Every day something new happens. So, Space Force was last week. And the interesting part is: the question you posed to me is: is it legal? And so I sat back and I go, I don't know, is it? And what I learned is that the Constitution specifically contemplates the government to allow an army and a navy. And before 1947, what was our Air Force and our Marines were... Subsidiaries, if you will, they were attached. Yeah, the there Air- was the Army Air Force and then That's right. the Marines were part of the Navy. Yeah. And then in 1947, th- Congress, they passed a law, I don't know what the, the name of the law is, but it's the, for, for a lack of a better term, the, the War Act of 1947. And basically, they redid everything and they essentially made the Army, the Navy, the Air Force and the Marines, all separate entities, and made the Secretary of Defense <laughs> over all of that, and then reset the budgets. They distinguished what was what used to be called the Department of War, and so that's because of that law. We now have four branches of service. So when I look back, and you ask me, well,
0: five with Coast Guard, this would be number six.
2: You know, honestly, I didn't even think about the Coast Guard. Yeah. But I was just looking at the four branches. Mm. So if we look at the four branches, and keep in mind the worst terminology ever, the separate but equal <laughs> Space Force. <laughs> um, what does that even mean? It means nothing. Well, the, the last time I heard separate but equal was contemplating Plessy versus Ferguson, uh-huh. which that was the Supreme Court case that allowed separate but equal in our society Mm. which is terrible and um and so that's that's the last time i've heard of separate but equal
0: yeah how's that even able to be applied though just is he is he just meaning that uh it's going to be a separate entity but it will be they will have
2: equal power that the air force has or just an equal branch well, uh, I, I think what he means is that it's going to be an equal branch for the purposes of funding, mm-hmm. having its own budget, having its own um, infrastructure. From uh, from a management standpoint, I think that's what he means. But we're going way out on a limb to suspect <laughs> what he's thinking. But to yeah. answer, but to answer your question. If the only two precedent we have is that War Act of 1947 and the Constitution, then I'm I'm thinking as a lawyer that an executive order really has nothing has no strength behind it because that's all our precedent is is either yeah. Congress can do it. Or well, the Constitution I think I think that's what he you.
0: said he was going to try and push it through Congress. I think he's already aware of that, right? Was isn't that Isn't that what happened? I don't think he was signing an, an executive order. I think he was putting people in charge of getting that put through Congress. I don't know that to be a
2: fact. Well, it's though. you know it's interesting. I've got I've got a lot of friends that
0: want to be in space
2: force. No, that um, went to law school, or other schools because the law in that was enacted by George W. Bush says if you work for the government for ten years, your your um, student loans can be forgiven, and. Lo and behold, this is year 10, and Betsy DeVos is like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually have the appropriations for it, and that's the other thing, too, is he can do whatever he wants, but at the end of the day, if Congress doesn't give him the money, then he can't do it, yeah. much like he can't build his wall because he don't have any money to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess he could, he could pilfer the FEMA fund or some other pockets of money to do the wall, but that's...
0: Well, yeah, but he was going to get... We, we, the plan was never for us to pay for the Mexico anyway. was supposed to pay yeah. for
2: it. Trust me, I know. Yeah,
0: I mean, so that I mean that in and of itself is just kind of uh, that's not happening either. So, but I'm kind of bummed because part of me is so fucking excited about Space Force. Like, I think it's the coolest thing ever. I want it to happen,
1: dude. I would list uh, tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I did
0: the Air Force. I did the Air Force. So with my prior service, there's a chance, even though I'm over the age, with with prior service I could enlist in Space Force. Well, I wouldn't enlist now that I my degree, I would be an officer. There so, you go. There's
2: there's opportunities. So for I'm you. leaving
0: it all behind and I'm gonna go be an officer in Space Force.
2: In the wake of government expansion, mm-hmm. ask yourself what you can do for your country in space. in space.
0: Well Well eventually it's not gonna be what you can do for your country, it's what you can do for your planet. That's what I'm talking
2: about. Mm, I, don't <laughs> <Fight>. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to be
0: fighting the space Mexicans.
3: <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'll say this. the more, The more
2: and more we get into this Trump presidency, the more and more I look back and think, Dave Chappelle truly was a genius he might have been Negro Damas yeah he because did, he did that bit right yeah because the issues yeah. that he that he dealt with in Chappelle's show are they're very they're very real and they're they're rearing their head up yep. yeah well honestly he's I
0: think he's um the best comic of of our lifetime I got sure. an
2: I got an opportunity to see him live last year and it was amazing. I bet. This guy is so intelligent, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And the fact that he can take real issues, use real fact, and turn it into comedy, because truth is comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially now, you know, more than ever. So. But it, um, he... Uh, it'll just bum you out when you think about it more <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Uh Chappelle, though... Just the way it, when he when he turned down, I think I think it was like fifty million that he turned down from Comedy Central for season three of Chappelle, and everyone the first thing was he went crazy. Like, remember? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Oh yeah, I think it was like a decade ago, and and everyone was saying he's lost his mind. He's going like back to Africa or something like that. And then if you watch his latest special, the one where he's in. Uh, he released two separate specials, but with the one I think he's like in the belly room at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. It's just this tiny little room, and he just goes on and on and on. You're like, and then finally he's like, and that's why I walked away from the money. And it was just like, holy shit! Like it was just to have the courage to do that, um, out of principle, to turn down fifty million. I would do. It'd be really hard for me to turn down doing anything aside from maybe taking someone's life. For fifty million dollars.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's a pretty compelling number. Yeah. But I can tell you this. I mean, that dude got paid by Netflix. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and not let, fifty and million paid, but like You're right, but think about it on this level too. At a certain point, does your life really change? If you've got ten million dollars, how much is your life changing when you have twenty million? I don't I don't
0: know. I would assume just <laughs> like I would assume it probably changes though, like I mean, just scale it. I mean, making fifty k a year to going to making 100K a hundred k is a pretty big fucking deal. That's pretty significant. Absolutely, life-changing. So I would assume that ten mil to twenty mil is probably pretty life-changing as well.
1: <laughs> you just take more vacations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't. I don't know
0: though. I that's that's yeah. just a that's a complete guess. That's just an extrapolation of figures, and I have no idea. But
2: but I think the key thing is is at what point do you give up what you believe in mm-hmm. for money mm-hmm. and i think that that's something that i won't do i practice a certain area of law because i literally wake up every day wanting to do it yeah um i could make a whole lot more money doing other areas of law but i don't and so
0: you're criminal defense right just so right. so our listeners are aware of what you do anyway i'm a criminal defense yeah. attorney yeah
2: and uh, and so I think that Dave, you know, because I had heard and read that he didn't like the the effect of let's say the first episode, Clayton Bigsby, and then all of a sudden he felt like at some level that just gave white people the the free pass to drop the M word mm-hmm. wherever, mm-hmm. in jest, and that's not why he did it at all. Mm. He did it because of the juxtaposition of that individual character in that society and then the greater view of how society fits looking at that m- micro issue.
0: Yeah. Well, and and also he was, I mean, he had White America loved that show. I thought it was the greatest show ever made at the time. Um, you know, I thought Chappelle's show, I would, I would look forward, I would watch every episode when it came out. And I did too.
1: Well, um, I thought
0: it was the funniest thing ever
1: and white america loved and still loves half-baked
0: well and, and just dave Chappelle in general for the most part
1: there's there's lots of interviews and conversations where he like basically despises that film yeah because he's like, he's like dude we made a pot movie for fucking 13 year olds and he's like that's not what it was supposed to be like, like apparently like there's this whole script and it was supposed to be like raw and like not this like campy you know eating fucking abba Zabba bars and bullshit you know what i mean mm-hmm. um getting stoned and talking to horses. <laughs> like, yeah. Alright, like so let that. me ask you.
2: I'm going to flip the script now just for one question. Okay. Since we're talking You flip talk, it as much as you want, man. Since we're, we're talking talk. about Dave Chappelle, who's your favorite character?
0: In Half-Baked?
2: Uh, in, no, no, in uh, in Chappelle show. Ooh. Uh,
1: uh, mine's the milkman.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what... <laughs> There's, I mean, there's so many, uh, there's so many legendary ones like the Rick James, Prince. I thought Prince was hilarious. Prince is hilarious. Uh, Little John. I mean, I just remember walking through malls when you would still go to the malls, and you just hear kids running through the mall. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was just. It was. It. It took. I don't know. It just took the culture by storm. And I, I don't know. It's. Now looking back on it, it's super respectable that he did what he did because he he saw what was happening. He was at the end of the day no matter how much money he was, his executives, he was still dancing for the white guys, you know? At at the end of the day,
2: right? Man, it is funny you say that.
0: Nah. So and that's and that's just what it was. He's like, "Fuck you, I'm done dancing. Fuck your money and good luck f- and and good luck finding another show that can do what I did." You know? Man,
2: so, it, it is funny you say that, why is that. that? That specific phrase, dancing for the white guy. I've, ne- I've w- never said that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a podcast last week uh, by Malcolm Gladwell called Revisionist History. Basically where he, t- he picks moments in time that he feels were misremembered or things of that nature. And um, one of it was talking about race and Sammy Davis Jr. and Richard Nixon Mm -hmm. and Sammy Davis Jr. to some, I didn't know this, but I found it fascinating. Just listening to the whole thing, um, was long remembered for the hug that he gave to Richard Nixon at Nixon's, uh, one of his, uh, inaugural events. Um, or electoral events rather and uh, it was interesting because he was known in the within the black community as the guy that was working for the man that was basically Who's Sammy I, Davis? Yeah. Okay. was basically a house boy versus a farm boy. i mm-hmm. I'm using the boy I'm using the word boy but it really isn't the term boy. Yeah. I and it's interesting to see how he realized the what Sammy Davis Jr. went through and he felt like well all these bad things aren't going to happen to me because I'm a, I'm a young black man in white America and so I'm going to do something about it. I'm ultra talented. And so he took the position where I'm going to marry white women. I'm going to date white women. I'm going to live with white women. And I'm going to be friends with white men, powerful white men. But yet the rest of his community felt like, oh, he's just going to be one of them. He's forgotten who he is. Mm -hmm. And that's why I found it interesting. Also in that podcast, I learned a lot about Richard Nixon that I didn't know. And I was going to tell you, that's one of the things that I think about this whole Trump era we're at. I consider myself of average intelligence. I keep up with um, keep up with current events. I know how to make an argument. I understand people's arguments.
0: Do, do you really consider yourself average intelligence? I do. Not slightly above.
2: No, I, I consider myself really of average honestly intelligent. Yeah, 100%? I do. I really okay. do. All right. Um. And so, I'm thinking that hell, if I didn't know anything about the Nixon era and you know the fact that. Give you a great example, you know, Justice Kennedy announces resignation today, and this could be potentially two Supreme (laughs) Court justices that Trump gets to put on. And I hearken back to last week where I hear that Nixon got to put four justices on, and I start to hear about everything that he did in his presidency, and I'm like, man, it sounds a lot like what's going on right now. Yeah, and. It sucks because it's just so far away that nobody really thinks about it. Because really nobody talks about presidencies before Reagan. And so, and that's partly because we're young and our parents don't really, some of our parents aren't old enough to, real, you know, um, relate back to that. But it seems like history is just repeating itself. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, I agree. But if that tells us anything, the democracy will endure
1: I think that's most it, yeah. too, right? I mean, like, like, well, all you know of Nixon is Watergate, really, right? I mean, that's all you like, really. Well,
2: remember. and and that's that's a great example of what do you remember? And then,
1: and but I'm saying even in school, so then then you're like, all right, well, what I? Well, it's something with some fucking tapes, and uh, he did an interview with Frost, and I don't fucking know. He got he was busted just, by was Forrest a, Gump. He was a bad dude. It Was Forrest Gump who called him? <laughs> well, what do <laughs> you remember about FDR? well you then you remember like yeah the new deal and all this and no no things.
2: i'm asking you what do you remember about fdr well
1: i mean that's what i just remember what i'm taught if that's what you're asking me which is because that's what and then my point is is that you only you're only really taught about these like great presidencies right no but i'm
2: about to tell you a horrific thing that fdr did yeah what it he round up japanese americans oh, yeah, and, and put the them in the internment camps, camps. Yeah, that's absolutely. exactly right mm-hmm. yeah uh i forget the uh, i forget the name of the decision uh but it was contemplated in the decision last week regarding the immigration, uh, regarding Trump's immigration mm-hmm. uh, travel ban, mm-hmm. and it's nice that. And I haven't read the opinion, but um, I've you know I've read some articles about legal scholars that have read it and um, and heard some interviews. And the one nice thing that I understand that they contemplated or not contemplated, they specifically put in there was that. We haven't gone back and talked about the legality of that case that said that you can round up Americans uh, of a specific ethnicity. And we're saying today that's bad law, and you can't do that. So it's nice, even in the era of where we're at, that we still are pushing forward as a society. Very slowly right now, it seems, but...
0: Did you uh did you see the the tweet that Mike Huckabee put out when uh when his yeah. daughter got turned away from the restaurant
2: the Ms. Thirteen? Uh
0: no 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 it, it was right before that one he put uh, when his uh, when Sarah Sanders got turned down from the Red Hen in uh, Arlington he he put out a tweet about how disappointed he was and how bigotry was on the menu or some shit like that and I and I was like dude there's a picture of you holding Kim Davis's hand up like the fucking champion hey. For refusing to give marriage licenses, and then you're gonna go tweet that you fat fucking piece ah. of shit, and then and then this was right before he went and spoke here locally at the Destiny Worship Center that evening too. I got one better than that. What's that?
2: Remember the news last month where the Supreme Court case case came out that said it's totally legal if you want to. It was the cake shop case. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, if yeah. you want to yeah, go that, buy that, a gay that's cake what I'm saying. and they can refuse your service. Yep. And the Republicans lauded. Yeah. And yet a month later. They can't believe that Sarah Huckabee Sanders got turned away. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, and now, now to to be one hundred percent fair, I don't think it's right what that restaurant did to Sarah Sanders. Like, I don't think that's cool. Like, I don't I don't think that should be allowed. Um, uh, but just like I don't I don't think that you should be able to say who you want to make a cake for or not. You know, so I th- I th- I can see it on both ends. Do I think it's hilarious? That doesn't matter. Do I think that it should be allowed? Nah.
1: I don't know, man. I, I I've got a i got a weird opinion on the cake thing i i, I don't think i don't think you should at at, at what point is, is your art because that's what it is right your bakery you're making cakes. speech it's, it's your stuff right like what what point is it where you know i'm i'm paying for this and it doesn't have to be the, about a fucking you know gay couple right it could be about anything like I want you to put a palm tree on this cake. I'm not doing that. I don't want to that put is a palm tree on that is true. That is true. I well, reserve well, the right I, to work with whoever I, whoever I want to. But do you, know, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Like I I don't I don't so, agree with that. Uh, I do agree with like you know get the if you're being a dick <laughs> get the fuck out of my shop. I'm not I'm not doing that. You know that's that's one thing. You know, it, and then that's where it is gets weird because refusing service. I mean, as a bartender, you know, I I have the right. ...to refuse service from anyone. But, like, how far does that go, right?
2: Well, I'll tell you something. I don't know how much you guys have traveled outside of our country. I've got a... Most of my family now lives in England. Um, they really hail, hail from India, which is interesting... ...because they came over during the uh, British Empire... When, uh, ...when the English colonized India. And you know I get to go over there and you know, talk to my cousins and I'll never forget it's probably about five years ago I'm over there and I just disagreed with an issue, it would be much like Brexit but not on that level but just a it's a geopolitical issue uh, relating to the royals that I just disagreed with and we're walking um, we're walking down the sidewalk and I'm kind of boisterous about what I'm saying and They go, shh, be quiet, be quiet. And I go, for what? they're like, you can't say that stuff. You can't do that. And, you know, I thought back and I said, you know, I'll respect that. But I guess at that moment, I really appreciated that we've got so many rights. You've got so many rights in this country. And we're sitting here arguing about, you know, what qualifies as allowable speech, and non-allowable speech, and, you know, it goes on and on and on, what kind of speech is this, you know, there is a textbook probably, for the readers, about five inches thick, um, just about the constitutionality of speech and how it goes back for, you know, hundreds of years and what they determine is the best test for this and the best test for that, it's, it's unbelievable. Mm
1: -hmm. That's an actual thing?
2: That's a book? Yeah, I mean... What is it called? Well, it's it's constitutional law book. Oh, it's just a law book? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, but speech is is a massive topic. You know, you talk about, I always think it's interesting, but you can't have the Ten Commandments at a courthouse. The Supreme Court came out and specifically said you can't have the Ten Commandments on the courthouse well how long did that happen and and at how many places did that happen and then you get you know you talk about nativity scenes then you talk about well if a city wants to have certain monuments you know can you have a real, you know can you have a christian one and not a muslim one and you know it's all speech yeah
0: like a uh, before the uh, the city hall meetings i think it was even in escambia uh the city hall it, meetings it, when it. they brought the satanic prayer in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and Guess what? It was, it was it's speech. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, because they always offer a prayer before yep. before the town hall meetings, and they were like, "Yo, you gotta you have to do this." So they, I don't know, I don't know what the law was, but uh, it's it's a pretty entertaining prayer because this the satanic guy comes in and offers up a prayer before the 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 city hall
2: meeting. Yeah, I, so I they believe. Cha-
1: yeah, they changed it now just, just a, a moment of silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: the law is truly. <clears throat> It's deafening how complicated it is. Mm-hmm. And then you think back and it's like, our lives are so complicated and we as humans made this complication.
0: Well, and I, I, I think it's just been, I think it's been exponential over the last six, seven years with the creation and the embracing of social media as well. Because now it's so easy to find your little tribes that you fit in with perfectly and you just tuck away with and you guys can scream and yell all together and you can just surround yourself with those people. And at the end of the day, you think 100% the way you think and the way you believe is just 100% correct. Just everyone believes that now. And there's no, there's no even acknowledging that someone who maybe disagrees with you might have some valid points, but you just disagree with them. No, it's, it's this tribalism and everyone's up in arms now. Fuck you. Um, and even really, really, people who aren't of average intelligence, day, who who can do this as well. So it makes it it makes it that much more difficult to decipher anything.
1: Well, and they feel like they're accomplishing stuff because yeah. they get a little like button, yeah. a little thumbs up, yeah. like yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah.
2: so you're absolutely correct about tribalism. Um, I truly believe that. Some parts of social media, well, some parts of social media, specifically Twitter and Facebook. I like Instagram because it's pictures, and it's really hard for you to for you to take you know hard stances with mm-hmm. pictures. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, uh, really Facebook because I mean I had Facebook when I was in college when it was locked just for people that had a .edu. Yeah. Um, um, See, email address, I, I didn't
3: have one when fantastic. I was in college. Yeah,
0: <laughs> when I had the ability to have one in college, I I, a, my, I refused. And a then I went back to school. When I went back to school, they made me get one because I had to use it to cite sources for a, like a paper that I was writing. See, and I
1: had one, and I fucking hated it, and I I deleted it. And then this asshole fucking made me. Oh, and yeah. He, when I got you ran it for like a good month. The, fir- like, <laughs> the first that.
0: week I got Facebook, I created a Facebook for shade. <laughs> and I was sending friend requests and commenting on things. And uh, like I think for his profile, I was like, I just like bread cheese and black keys. That shit fucked <laughs> you. <laughs> fucking dick. And then dude, and then the thing is, everyone like it wasn't. I wasn't doing things to, to oh, try to like ruin mine. his it life. Just, it, was it was it was just funny. But then his sister got really angry about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. She that. got angry and went out and told everyone, wow. this is a fake account. Don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that just made it that much better for me. Because I was like, I don't even know you as my sister anymore. So I, just, I just got to have so much fun with it.
2: Well, you know, going back to what I was saying that, social media, I think, you know, specifically Facebook because that is the preeminent platform. I really feel like brings the worst out of people. It brings the so worst too. out of society. I think so too. And let me give you an example. I was talking to one of my partners the other day at my law firm. I, I say partners, but no one no one really knows yeah, what, I'm saying, know what Yeah, you never know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um and I was talking to one of my law partners, and I told him, I said, you know, we're talking about the Roseanne thing, and I said, you know, none of this shit would have happened 20 years ago. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, in order for her to make that statement, she would have to do a press release, meaning that she would have to go talk to her underlings, and probably five people would have to put eyes on that statement before it even hit the press. And... Probably three out of those five people would be like, no, 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 no. Do not do this. Do yeah. not do this. Yeah. And fast forward 20 years, you have Facebook. You can Facebook under the influence of Ambien. <laughs> mm.
0: the, the funny what thing was, the, the, the best uh, part about that is, though, are the people who, uh, getting back to the tribalism things, when they announced that they're bringing back the Connors. Just without her, how many of these white people are like, "Well, I won't be watching." It's like, why? Because she got fired for saying some horribly racist shit.
1: Well, what's even more amazing about that is that what 20, 25 years ago, all those same white people hated fucking Roseanne. Exactly. Because of the national fucking. Anthem exactly. We can't forget about that.
0: Hate her. <laughs> you know them. You've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, these are the exact same people.
0: Yeah, who are pissed that someone's kneeling. Not grabbing their crotch,
1: yeah,
0: you know, for the national anthem. Same people, yeah. same as that people. But then you also, to be fair, you also have to look at, uh, you know, back in the day, I, th- I think it was like Tipper Gore who was all about like the per- parental, like the parental advisory shit yeah. and all that, yeah. who were, who were saying no, you can't be vulgar. That, that that's free speech, you know, and it's just kind of funny how that's changed
2: now as well, because because I don't know. The problem is is that too many people act with emotion. And I will tell you that I probably was one of those people before I went to law school where they rip that emotional part right out of you. Mm-hmm. And they retrain you to think about the facts and then make a statement yeah. or make an argument. Think about how the facts apply to the law or whatever regulation – Hell, it could be talking about a play in football, and you go back and look at the rules, and then you can make an argument not because that's Alabama and they ought to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's um, that's that's one of the truly. Well, I
0: wanted to ask you about that as well, man, because I just got done uh, watching the series called on Netflix called The Staircase. Are you familiar with it? Do you know what I'm talking about, Shane? Mm. I think. You know what I'm talking about? I think my this, buddy Drew
2: McDowell, yeah. shout out to Drew, he texted me the other night and said, you really need to get on this series. I think you need to get on it as well. But I told him, I said, I'll put it on the queue next because I'm watching Goliath right now. Okay. On Amazon. I don't know if you know about that. I don't know. Oh, Billy Bob? He's a man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just
0: listened that. to a podcast with him. He was just on Mark Maron's podcast and it was great. Great podcast. He is. Is it worth watching? Is it a good show? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I'm going to start. That's what I'm going to start next. It's
2: a legal drama, but it's it's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah, of course he is, for it's, sure. It's phenomenal acting.
0: Um, just A little side story about Billy Bob Thornton. Did you know he... The first acting class he took, he went and he had to have a monologue prepared. So he decided that he was going to go in there and do Othello and do all the characters, but modern-day versions of those characters by himself. And he didn't understand that... When you go to these acting classes, your typical monologue time is three to five minutes. And he did the whole fucking play. And he, the thing is, though, he did he got 40 minutes into it, and the acting coach hadn't stopped him yet. And finally, he said, hey, man, are you doing all of Oth- all of Othello? And he was like, well, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, we have other people in here that got to, that have to do this, but come talk to me after class. And so we got done. Went and talked to him. This guy had been teaching acting classes for I don't want to say a number because I don't remember the exact number, but it was a significant amount of time. And he pulled him aside. He said, that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen before. He said, you're the first person I've ever said this to, but I could see you one day standing up, accepting a trophy. And he was like, wow. And he said, you need to continue to take my classes. And Billy Bob Thornton was like, I really don't have the money. I just had, like, enough to pay for two or three classes. And I guess he just did them pro bono for the rest of the time. Wow. And then he let him finish Othello the next week. <laughs> like, he came out <laughs> there and did it. And then that was that. Uh, but I just thought that was just an unbelievable story. Like, that, that just, it makes so much sense. And even looking at Billy Bob Thornton, like, in Sling Blade, you know, just mm. these iconic characters. That shit's crazy. Him and Cingley
1: yeah. crazy. Have you seen the the, the uh, pre-production of that? Like the, because it was a it was a short. Before they did the the film, they, it was a short film, and it's uh, it's all in black and white, and all it is is that that one monologue, uh, uh-huh. where he's you know talking about uh, uh, mustard and biscuits. And, yeah. And he's, he's actually talking about going killing his uh, m- mother or whatever, and it's crazy, just I mean how intense. He was. Yeah. But then he was on, uh like, Inside the Actors Studio. Which where the fuck did that show go? That was, that <laughs> that was, was the original on. podcast. Yeah. Right. If you think it, about really it, was. Right? Yeah. And he's on Inside the Actors Studio, and he like, he like contorts his fucking face, and he becomes, uh, yeah, I can't remember his fucking name. Like, yeah. But it, it's crazy. Like it's Billy Bob Thornton, and that's just him. Like no hey, cost to the, Holy the the shit. method acting the is thing. legit.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, go- so we have to watch Goliath then that's yeah. ne- so that's next on my list man I think you have to for sure well in to, to get back to the staircase though this this guy supposedly found his wife at the bottom of the stairs but she had like seven lacerations on her head fucking blood everywhere spatter obvious obvious murder scene and you get to you get to go through the whole court case and then even in the uh the appeals. At the, or is that that's what you call it, right? After mm-hmm. you go to jail. Spoiler alert, shit. Prison. Um, but uh, don't root, don't yeah. This. But <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm just thinking, like, this lawyer, his defense attorney, is brilliant. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, how how can this guy sleep at night? Because you, you like you also find out some crazy stuff halfway through it too. Where you're like, this guy's guilty as hell, and th- his attorney was just so great. And I just I couldn't understand that. So maybe you, we can tap into a little bit of that with you. Sure. So when you have someone that comes into your office and you have to, I want to talk to you a little bit about that balance of you needing to provide for your own well-being financially and career-wise, but then also having to defend someone that you just. Okay, you, you just know from the get go, this guy's guilty as
2: hell. Before we get any further, or girl. before we get any further, I want to tell you a little bit about my practice on a cursory level and kind of how I deal with my clients. Mm-hmm. And so, I was a former prosecutor. I was actually a police officer. I went to the police academy. No fucking way! What? Yeah, not, t- not a lot of people know that. You are a police officer. Yeah, <laughs> I wore the green. Where? Here. What, what county? Oklahoma oh, County. County. Fuck. No it, fucking way. It was it was a very short time. Win, 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 win. Let's see. Probably. Well, actually, it became a, a kind of a long time because it was it was a period. I think it was January of 2010, and and then. Do you know Nolan Weeks? Yeah, I know Nolan. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> and then I. Fuck, uh, hey,
0: everybody, fuck Nolan Weeks. I don't give a shit. Fuck that guy. Twice. Fuck him twice. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Jay. I'm and, sorry. Uh,
2: and I was, I was, I, oh, my I, I had the, I had the goal of becoming an FBI agent. And so I came out of, I came out of undergrad. I went to the police academy. That was eight months. I came out of the police academy and then. And your,
0: okay. Your undergrad was also just give people background on you because this show really is about, you know, what you're doing. I, you were undergrad I, at UF,
2: correct? At, at University of Florida. Were you pre-law? Well, no, I was just criminology. I was okay. probably pre party because at at that time, you know, we had won four national championships: two basketball, two football. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. You 0-6 uh, and oh eight. Yeah, and then oh
2: nine, and and and, and then oh seven, oh six, and oh seven ish. So you got to basketball, and then you got one year yeah. between the the football, and uh, so I, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed myself, but I did graduate with honors. There you go. Um, in in criminology and then I, I graduated in 2008 in the fall i had interned with the sheriff's office that previous summer and um so i went to the, you know what's the next step i, I kind of liked it and um so i went to the police academy finished that the following spring which would be oh nine so you did another year of school after you got
0: your undergrad to go to the, the yes when the, you did that here locally at uh-huh. northwest that, Florida that's right how many people in that program have undergrads?
2: I think maybe 3 out of out of 30. Yeah, okay. And anyway, go ahead. um and then literally I was all set up to get a job at the sheriff's office and had my interview date set up and literally 2 days before my interview, Charlie Morris who is the sheriff is arrested by the FBI. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And he, like, ran
2: to now, Now, keep in mind the the climate at this time. This is the middle of the recession. It is damn hard to get a job. And I had one lined up. And that just evaporated. And then I I continued to spend the next couple months trying to find a job uh, in law enforcement. It wasn't really happening in the meantime, but I needed to have another job. And so... um, I got an opportunity selling office furniture for a local company, and that was really interesting. Turns out that I became really good at selling office furniture. <laughs> what company was it? Can you say? It's a company called Centerline Associates. Okay. It's in Fort Walton Beach, okay. and uh, I ended up selling like almost three hundred thousand dollars worth of furniture in nine months. I mean, the movie theater in Crestview, I I sold all those seats. And I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you I have no idea how to, you know, the first thing about movie theater seats. I just knew that they had an opportunity for me to bid, and so I started Googling, and I've and I found a company that that hadn't already bid, and turns out that they want it, and nice. and I got it, and I got my commission check. Sweet. So, um, in the midst of all that, then um, I I talked then. Larry Ashley, who is a um, who is a friend of my dad, uh, I, my dad had known him for a long time, and so I was talking to him. He had just become sheriff, and I said, you know, Sheriff Ashley, I want to become an FBI agent. You know, what's your what do you think? And he goes, well, we're not hiring right now, but because you're you have all the police standards, if you would like to come on to the sheriff's office, you know, we'll swear you in. You you know. I'm auxiliary but I had full police powers and so you know I would do a lot of ride alongs and um, you know work full shifts with another deputy and um, you know we've, I've arrested people and um, and so I did that for for a few months and then you know I had another had another lunch with Larry and I said look I, I gotta you know I need to start pushing. Like, this is, I appreciate the opportunity, but I, I got to do more than this. I have bills to pay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it wasn't even about bills to pay. Like I just, <clears throat> I, I needed to see forward progress in my life. Yeah, you just can't be an auxiliary. Yeah. Month, and, yeah. um, and I mean, hell, I got great experience. Um, and so he goes, We're just in a position where we're not hiring because of the recession and, and all that. They just didn't have the budgets. And, um, he goes, you know, you really ought to think about law school because, you know, if we're having this strain from at the local law enforcement level, you know, the feds are as well. Everyone's having to deal with that. And all of a sudden, and everyone wants these jobs, so you got to be the best of the best. He goes, so here's what we'll do. We'll keep you on auxiliary. You work as much as you can during, while you're in law school, which I did almost, you know, every summer I was putting time in. in the winter time I was putting time in. Um... And then I went to law school, and I was just trucking through. The whole time I'm in law school, I'm thinking I'm gonna be an FBI agent. I absolutely loved my legal education. Where was that at? That was at Florida Coastal in okay. in, in Jacksonville, and um, and I interned at the state attorney's office for two summers. And I, you know, my second summer, I had conditional status to where I could do, I could be a lawyer with a supervisor and. I tried a jury trial and I won. And uh, how good did that feel? It was pretty interesting. Looking back, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was incredible. Even to this day, I think back. It's incredible that I was able to like stumble my way through an entire proceeding and yeah, win. It's gonna be
1: intense. Just all those yeah. people and and, and just yeah.
2: and I mean, to this day, I can I look back and I'm like, my socks were wet because I was so nervous yeah, yeah. about picking a jury. And now, it's not a big deal. I just go up there and I just go talk to the people, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, they gave me an opportunity to come work for them at a law school. And you know, again, you know, life wasn't that great coming out of 2013. And uh, so who I who gave you that
0: opportunity, the district the attorney, the yeah, state, the attorneys? state, the
2: state yeah. attorney's office. And uh, and so I figured, okay, well, this will be a good, you know, the first, the hardest job to get is your first job. I got that, so let me go do that. And I literally, it was maybe three or four months into it, I had my first motion to suppress and a motion to suppress, I've had a lot of these and it's basically saying that the cops, the defense attorney saying that the cops made a constitutional error, they illegally stopped you and because, or they illegally did some action and because of that all the evidence thereafter should be suppressed. And I liked it because it was it's very academic. You know, you do the case law research, you make your argument to the judge, and I had this case and because the guy it was a DUI case and because he had prior DUIs, the feeling was that look, Jay, it's too close to be it's too close to call. We can't give this guy a deal because he's already got these priors. You're just gonna have to, you know, there's an argument there, you're gonna have to go make it. And I'm sitting back and I'm like I guess there's an argument. I mean, I'm gonna really have to, you know, get down and you know, massage this and get this, you know, so I can believe myself. So I get up there and I find an argument. I find an argument that I can believe in, and I look back and I'm literally stretching the all legal bounds of the law. There was a ninety-five. There's probably a ninety-seven percent chance I would lose. And uh, walking out of there, I knew I, was, I I knew for sure that I was going to lose. The judge reserved ruling. And uh, I sat in my car and I'm like, man, this is a lot of fun. What do you mean the judge reserved ruling? She um, – one of our judges, um, she typically – you know, she'll she'll basically – I guess she looks back and she wants to look at the evidence and do her own research. And then she issues an order a few days later. And so um, – inst- but there's other judges that will make an immediately ruling. Okay either granted or denied. Okay. And so, so that was good
0: for you then. If she didn't make an immediate ruling, that absolutely. means that you had a yeah. chance. Th- yeah. that,
2: that's exactly right. You didn't, <clears> you <throat> know, that's <throat> what I That's what I tell my clients. <throat> that, that's what I tell my clients. They're like, what just happened? I said, well, we didn't immediately lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I sat in my car and I said, man, this is a lot of fun. I get to be as creative as I can, work as hard as I can, and it sure beats people trying to shoot at you, or uh, you know, or you know, just mailing it in, going in, and like, all right, punch in, punch out. You know, this is this is fun. And so that was the day that, and then I lost, but I knew I, I was going to lose. That was the day that I decided that I wanted to be a criminal lawyer. And uh, I was a pro- and then so I was a prosecutor for four years, and I got offered an opportunity uh, a little over a year ago to join Anchor Smith Grimsley as a partner, and. Uh, I join and you know 99 95 of my cases are criminal defense yeah. and so going back to our bigger what we were talking about over uh, earlier rather is I don't take cases unless I can help somebody I don't take people's money I know how hard it is to earn money and so I don't I don't steal people's money at the end of the day I gotta look myself in the face and be like look, you know, are you working for your money? You know, because I'm, I'm not a thief and I don't want to be perceived as a thief either. So I tell my clients, I'm very straightforward. There are a lot of people that I've said, look, I can't help you. I've given them free advice and I said, look, you know, your money's best spent somewhere else. Not on this, not on me. Um, or, you know, there, or I can take your case, but literally there's nothing I can do. You know, when, when, you, when you commit a crime and then you admit the whole thing you know, I have a tough time taking your money but if we're on the same if we're on the same wavelength and you understand that, which I've had a client, uh, like I had a BUI case. I had a client where the guy blew uh, he blew double the legal limit and uh, and I told him, I said, Look, I got a really hard time taking your B U I because you blew, you know, and you did the field sobriety exercises I said, Really, you know, I the only thing I can do is Take the opportunity, look at your evidence, make sure there wasn't any unlawful stops, uh, investigate the case a little bit, and I didn't charge him full freight for it, and uh, he appreciated that. I looked at it, I came damn close. There was a uh, there was a witness that that the state couldn't find, and then they found him right at the last minute, and uh, so we had to enter a plea. But uh, that's the kind of person that I am. I handle cases. Hell, I handle traffic cases, like traf, like speeding tickets, all the way to um, let's see. I've got well, I'll just tell you, I, you know, I handle child sex cases, um, you know, high level aggravated felonies. Uh, you know, I've the full gamut. The only thing I don't handle is if the state's trying to kill you, because I'm not qualified to yeah. do it. And so knowing that, you can probably ask some better questions on about the type of clients that walk in and how you, how I do what I do.
0: Okay. yeah, well, I appreciate the perspective for sure. Um, okay, well okay, maybe well maybe this then so, um, do, do you ever is there ever a conversation? Do you presume innocence with your clients or, uh, for example, like a child sex case that it would be pretty hard for me to defend somebody on that?
2: You know, it's – everyone says that.
0: So I know. I know. And, and I don't – I just – I don't think – no, I had and, you on my show. I no, don't think you're a bad guy. No, no, no. <laughs> like, no, I, no we've always gotten along. I just – I'd no, have a really hard time out. defending someone on check that. Check this
2: out. You say that and you yeah. know why my, my immediate response was everyone always says that. Yeah and that's because no one has an open mind because if you see what i've seen you will have zero problem taking a child sex case i have seen on more than one occasion where a parent grandparents another person or party is telling a child instructing a child what to say these charges are brought against a person And these are expensive cases i mean make no mistake i mean when when you're when you're alleged to have touched a child i mean it's gonna cost you i mean these cases run the fees run you know over twenty thousand and so it's a very very serious matter i mean you're looking you know if they're under 12 and um if you're under 12 if the kid is under 12, I mean, that's 25 to life. And so, but I have seen cases where other parties have instructed these kids to say something that never happened. And in a couple of these cases, it was outright dismissed because the evidence came to light that people were wanting to get custody or or some type of reason. Yeah, And so knowing that... I don't really have an issue taking them. Do you
0: ever have Do you ever have conversations with your clients about? Do, do you ask them straight up ever like, "Yo, did you do this?"
2: Absolutely not.
0: Okay, that's and what I thought. I so mean, you just so basically, your job is, your job isn't to really to really know whether or not you really even believe that they're guilty or innocent. Your your job is just to give them the best defense possible. You know, Or to create whatever sort of
2: reasonable doubt there is.
1: Based on facts of what you have on that yeah. case. So, so you don't want to know a personal... I, I
2: tell shit. I tell my clients this, and, it, and it's a very interesting thing. There's not a lot of former prosecutors that are defense attorneys. And so I tell my clients, I don't um, want to... Yeah, why not? You want another beer? Yeah, I'll take one more. I don't want to know what you... I don't want to know anything about what you have to say let's talk about what the state's saying you did and we talk about that at a very cursory level when I first meet the client whether or not they want to you know they they get to we get to have a conversation they decide whether they want to hire me then I tell them that if you want to take full advantage of what I know in my head then don't tell me anything I don't want to know your side of the story let me do a demand for discovery. In Florida, we have an open discovery state, meaning that the, the state of Florida has to t- give you all, if, if we elect to participate in discovery, they got to give you all the information that they have that supports why they're saying what they're saying. So what I tell my clients is, give me an opportunity to get that discovery. Then give me an opportunity for me to fashion a case against you and tell you why, all the reasons why I would send you to prison or what other sentence I would recommend since I've done it. And after I tell you that, then let's have a frank conversation about the issues and strategies for for getting your goal cuz every client has a different goal.
0: Well, okay. So what's the Okay, for an example, let's take a let's take I don't, I don't normally get crazy personal on, on this especially with issues that I had but I, I had to hire a defense attorney mm-hmm. for a problem that I had that involved Officer Nolan Weeks and
2: um, I'm not going to disparage Nolan yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying I to I like into... him
0: oh, do you? good he's a nice guy <laughs> no he's not <laughs> everyone's a nice guy
2: when you're not on the opposite side of them that's true That well I guess I don't know
0: um, yeah yeah yeah, I guess that makes sense, especially with what you're trying to do. Anyway, but, uh, that given um, uh, the case that I had, it was uh, it was a DUI, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was pulled over after I had been followed for four miles, and I, I was pulled over in my driveway. I passed my field sobriety test.
2: According to you?
0: No, according to the officer. Okay. Nolan said you've passed your field sobriety test. He said, however, I still detect a strong odor of alcohol. I'm taking you to the station for a breathalyzer. And I just said, No one like did we went to high school together, man. I'm in my driveway. You followed me for four miles. If I was a danger, you wouldn't have waited until I was home to pull me over. There was this was a personal thing. It was a personal vendetta. Wow. And um so anyway, so I had to spend several thousand dollars on an attorney. Because I, I refused to blow. When I got to the station, I was I I just refused to blow. I was like, oh, "Dude, I'm done talking to you. I'm done. I'm done doing anything."
2: Did you try the case?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, no, we didn't try it. I I, I pled. How However, come you,
2: how come you didn't try it?
0: Because my my DUI attorney wasn't he wasn't really a defense attorney. It was kind of a an attorney that was doing a favor, and he thought probably thought that I had a pretty good deal going on, so I pl- I pled down to uh, a reckless? reckless. Yeah with adjudication withheld though
2: oh man that look you know the hardest part you, you just told me a couple of things I, I can tell you that one i can't i can't because the rules don't let me but yeah. i don't disparage any other lawyer the 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 hardest part when i hear stories about mm-hmm. that about like someone's experience with a lawyer is i don't know what happened because guess, guess what the worst lawyers can have a great case and can and can get a great result. The best lawyers can have a terrible case and and have to deal with a terrible result. Mm. And so it I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Cause I've had a client in your situation that got an offer for a withhold reckless and as his lawyer, I wanted him to try the case. Yeah. Because it was a great defense case. hmm But oh. after thinking... and And talking to him and thinking, and I said, you know, I said, look, I'd love to try your case, but the reality is, is this is a sure thing. Yeah. Because nobody wants to have a DUI on their record. You may have to deal with some of this shit relating to this reckless plea, but the reality is, is... It's a withhold, you can have it sealed. And um and that's you were never convicted. Yeah. And um, and I and I can see why you hate Nolan Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we were just ch- talking ch- about Check this out, man. I I had a so I've tried well,
0: with what I just told you about my case though, what would you have done? You would wanna take you would want would you have wanted to take it to trial?
2: If there was a if there was a a withhold reckless offer,
0: yeah. Well, no, I, I passed fields of brady on camera. Well, no, I, 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 I would I would I tell you
2: what I told my client that this same situation yeah. happened take the literally yeah. three three weeks ago, and I said, look, you you got to take the deal. Yeah, you just have to. It the, the juice is not worth the squeeze because if it gets sideways and you lose, you got a DUI in your
1: record. Mm-hmm. show him your
0: collarbone. Oh, that no, that was from a different. That wasn't from Nolan. I thought he put you on the ground.
2: No, that was that was like a year later. I uh, you'll like this story. I had a client two months ago. It was my first trial as a defense attorney, and and I had tried many cases as a prosecutor, and I've you know. You asked me earlier if I thought that, you know, that I was above average intelligence or whatever. I think I'm of average intelligence, but I think that my drive and my ability to work harder than other people is way above average. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to outwork my opponent. And so I've I've been very successful in trial and I had a client couple months ago he got a DUI. it was over here in destin the the cops found him at 5 a.m he was asleep in his car um they woke him up running was the the vehicle running oh yeah oh okay uh it was cold outside it was like 34 degrees uh the officer in his report said it was snowing so it was one of those like december you know you know whatever was going on sleet or whatever um he said snowing so it was snowing that night rest assured yeah (laughs) and uh and so um he makes my guy you know, he gets him out, they do field sobriety exercises, my guy does terrible. I mean, he does not do anything correctly as instructed. Um and then he gets arrested, he gets taken down, uh, to to go blow in the in the intoxilized room, and he vomits. And uh
0: and so where, okay where was he pulled over was it was he he was in the bric-a brac parking lot okay
2: and evidently that night it was so full that where he had parked was just maybe 10 feet before the stop sign as you're exiting the bric-a brac uh-huh. um which would be the northern stop sign if you're if you're if you're looking at it and so it appeared but at 5 eight you know he tells me that when i parked there the entire place was full, and so that was the only parking spot I could get. At five a.m., he's the only car in the parking lot. It looks like he's leaving the bu- he's leaving the business, and yeah. he just fell asleep at the stop yeah. sign. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, and that and that's what the state believed, and um, and so this guy he tells me he's like, if I get a DUI, I'm probably gonna lose my job. Like a lot of bad things can happen. And I said, look, you know we don't really have a great case here. I said, you threw up, bro. You didn't tell me that when you hired me, you said that you retired. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I had my assistant look at all the videos, you know, cause she, you know, you know, I had other people look at it like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, cause these are jurors. And, uh, they're like, he threw up. How are you gonna get over that,
0: dude? If you ever need someone to look at some videos, before you send them my way.
2: All I'll right. tell you what I think. And um, so we go try the case, and you know, I, you know, the person I went up against was my former. She's my mentor. Okay. And uh, my former supervisor taught me how to try cases, and uh, she texted me the night before, and I said, "She's like, so are we ready to go tomorrow?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "You want to get my boy Reckless?" She's a state attorney? Yeah. Okay. And uh, she she responds back with LOL, your voice totally wasted. <laughs> but he's such a nice guy. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. So, so all right. Well we get it we get get over there the next day, we pick our jury. I think I have a pretty decent jury selection. In fact I had a great jury selection. I uh, I had the right issues. We were talking about the right issues. I was mm-hmm. planting the right seeds because that's what, what jury selection jury selection is. It's not actually selection; it's deselection. Yeah. And so, um, which the funniest damn part, the prosecutor goes, "Does anyone here know know myself, my co counsel, or the defense attorney?" And the guy, one of these guys, raises his hand, and uh, she goes, "How do you know, Mr. Patel?" This guy's response: "No shit." He frequents my workplace. That's it. I'm like, what the fuck, man? What does that, what does that mean? What does that mean to everybody else? And uh, and then she goes, and then the prosecutor goes, well, could you be fair and impartial, you know, based upon your your you know somewhat relationship with Mr. Patel? And he goes, no. <laughs> he wanted to go, home. He wanted to go and, home. And then she goes, why? And then his response is, well... You know, there's tips, there's money exchanged. That's it. And I'm like, dude, you're still not helping me. <laughs> so it turns out yeah, he's say, I'm your bartender. Well, he's he's one of my cart guys because oh, no, okay. I'm a member at Indian Bayou. Oh, okay. And right. uh, and so that was a really funny uh, situation. Nonetheless, I get a I get a good jury selection. Um, we try the case, and uh, my position was. If you looked at the video, my guy did terrible in the field sobriety exercises because he was so visibly cold. I mean, he's shivering. He's kind of jumping up and down. At one point, uh, you can see his tie, like, going sideways because the wind's just whipping. And uh, and then in the intoxilizer room, it was my belief that he may have been getting ill, F- may flu-like symptoms, something like that. Um, From the cold. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had a I had a nurse practitioner on there, and uh, and uh-huh. basically I said this one statement. I said, "Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow smoke." So there was no chance
0: of a plea deal whatsoever. Not None. anything like were the plea yes charged. Yeah. So how does this? Uh, not to interrupt you, because I really want to get to the end of the story because I'm I'm intrigued. I want to know what happens. But um, how does your how does your state attorney decide? Whether or not to give you a plea deal, because even if it is someone, you say this was your mentor, someone you worked with a lot, how do they – is it ever like, I'll do you a favor? Or is it this dude's toast?
2: No. So just because we have a good relationship – doesn't mean you're, you don't do your job. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she has to do her job. If she cannot justify a conviction, um, then she has to literally mark it down on the file because this is what happens, especially with DUIs, that if you give someone a reckless and you don't write the reasons why and you're not a supervisor or have your supervisor signed off and then that person goes and kills somebody, ha- that literally happens all the time <coughs> from, from a DUI, then it's... Someone's ass is going to be on a post. Yeah, and so because she's been doing it for twenty some years, I mean, she has the ability and the understanding of what she can and can't do. Yeah. Um, I always felt that when I was a prosecutor, I um whatever decisions I made, I wrote them down, and and my thought process was if I can't defend my actions to the newspaper, then I shouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's that's how I that's how I prosecuted. Yeah. Um.
0: So so back to. Back to your story, you have a nurse practitioner in there.
2: Okay, so I have a nurse practitioner in there. I have, you know, I have, and I laid some good, good seeds as to, um, as to what would explain some of the things. Like he had very, um, slurred and lethargic speech when they first awoke, when they first woke him up. But then. But I talked about, and, you know, this is the virtues of, of reading and uh, and just being kind of interested in, in small things. I know just enough about a lot of things that will get me in trouble. And so I go, ma'am, uh, this is in jury selection. Do you know anything about sleep cycles? Yeah, I do. And isn't it true that if you wake somebody up, you know, we sleep in like 30-minute sleep cycles, right? Yeah, we do. Um, and if you wake somebody up in the middle of REM sleep, that they – that they could be delirious and they could show signs of impairment. And this is her response. No shit. She goes, that is true. And she goes, in fact, I did some training last week talking about how sleep deprivation can, uh, can mirror the effects of impairment. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) My girl. (laughs) This was, uh, no
2: further questions (laughs) for the, for, for the listeners. That was a, uh, that was an internal fist pump for me. And, um, And so I go, I, so I go way back, you know, so now fast forward to my closing and, you know, I go through all the evidence and, and, you know, I basically say, look, I'm not here to lose my credibility in front of you. I'm not here to blow smoke at you. But if at some point today you feel like, well, maybe Jay was onto something. If you at one point today thought that, that's reasonable doubt, and they got the opportunity to to go and uh, they got the ver- you know they got to go deliberate, and they came back with a twenty minute not guilty. Get the fuck out of here. No, twenty minutes. It's pretty solid.
1: That's wow. <laughs>
0: So what did your mentor do? <laughs> did you send her a text that said "lol"
2: afterwards? We talked for my entire ride home, and uh, oh, you rode together? No, no, no. We oh, just, on the phone. Okay. Yeah, because okay. we were there. Okay. We, we got there at eleven a.m. and we didn't leave the courthouse till ten forty-five p.m. Yeah. And so, uh, and so she was pissed because she's a competitor and she likes to win. Yeah. And to lose against me, no less.
0: Especially when you were asking her for a plea deal the night before. Yeah. And she laughed at you.
2: That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, I, hell, we talked, we talked a couple of days after that. And she, you know, she'd call or text me and she'd be like, I still can't believe I lost.
0: So he didn't blow then? No, he didn't okay. blow. Fuck, I should have tried mine.
2: But yeah. here's, but here's yeah. what I'll tell you you can't say that because the strongest case that I've ever tried as a prosecutor, I lost. Yeah. I mean, I, the case that I'm talking about was, it was five years ago. It was my very, In fact, it was my very first jury trial. The day I passed the bar, the same supervisor goes, well, now that you're a hotshot attorney and you passed the bar, you can go try this case in an hour. And I'm like, what, an hour? This will be my second, like, my first trial as a lawyer. And, um, and she's like, it should be a slam dunk. It's driving while license suspended. She admits her license was suspended. So all I had to do is literally just put her behind the wheel. Yeah. Forty-five minute, uh, forty-five minutes <clears throat> of deliberation. Not guilty. Wait, what? <laughs> I had a, a officer said that when he drove past you, he was three feet away from you when he recognized you, and he had recognized you because he'd been called out to your house for previous incidents. What? Not guilty. So. I always tell my clients this, that was the strongest case that I've ever taken to trial and I've lost. So you you really never know.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Obviously. So well, you always hopefully take Uber to deal with any of that ever again. Uber so. or Lyft. Yo, for sure. Well, shit. Maybe that that shit that went down a few nights ago that Uber driver here locally. Yes, yeah, all that. It's fucked up, man. It is. Don't represent that guy.
2: I will if he hires me. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. yeah, that was a
1: bummer, man. Yeah, apparently, super bummer. Apparently, apparently, the cat was Bulgarian. So, a bunch of uh, cats I work with knew
0: him. That uh, that same day, there was that. Then there was a suicide. The
1: suicide at Angus.
0: And then That's right. that that Pier 1 apartment built on down on fire or like, built, like got oh that on was fire. the same fucking day all, the, all three of those things happened within like five two... hours yeah, of I each other the, the two... pretty it's wild. Like, what the fuck is going on in Fort Walton you know Jesus
2: a lot of crazy shit goes on in Fort Walton uh, yeah, most people so. just don't know about it probably <laughs> a lot of crazy shit goes on in Destin I know in Crestview <laughs> and everywhere else <laughs> we're just yeah. like everywhere we're just like everywhere well else. you have to
0: you deal with all of it man you see all of it well you used I, to at least yeah as, and, and now you just filtered out to select
2: few but you know you still but we talk amongst other lawyers you know you you talked. to you asked about like how do you deal with these cases and you know you have to it's pretty crazy I will tell you that I drink more as a defense attorney than I did as a prosecutor uh-huh. uh huh uh because you shoulder what's going on. And you have to read some horrible stuff. I'm sure. And, uh, you know, you still...
0: Have you ever represented anyone that you're just like, dude, you're fucking disgusting?
2: Like, that you're actually disgusted by? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And, and this is what people don't understand. When the cops do their job, when the prosecutors do their job they make my job a whole lot easier if everyone does their job and i go to my client and said look here's this laundry list of evidence against you we got to figure out how to get you, how to mitigate your circumstances but when people start to cut corners that's a problem and you know when i and you know i used to i was actually one of those people that were like when i was a kid that oh they got off on a technicality that's bs <clears throat> and I literally live the technicality. I, <laughs> I, I know the evidence code pretty good. I in and, and I mean I live that world, and the technicalities that people talk about, oftentimes it's the evidence code. And I mean I'll give you a great example. What's your driver's license number?
0: Uh, c six five one objection hearsay
2: zero objection hearsay. And your question is, well, no, uh, we'll do another one. What's your Social Security number? I'm not saying that. Do you know what your Social Security number yes. is? If you if you could say it, could you say it right now? Absolutely. And I would object to hearsay. And then are you wondering why I'm saying it's hearsay? Probably because it's coming out of my mouth and it's not documented. That they didn't know it documented in the paper. Because, because your knowledge of that Social Security number or driver's license number is based upon a piece of paper that tells you that and not your personal knowledge ever thought about that Mm -hmm. no that's a problem because when you get up in court and you say oh this 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 and it turns out that the only reason you know that is because something else or someone else told you that's a problem yeah it's different than if you broke your leg and you walk into court and you say yeah i I experienced so much pain walking from these certain dates, relating to me falling down. Well, no one can argue with that. That's that's your feelings. It makes sense. Yeah, people don't think about that.
1: Are your feelings not like hearsay? Are your feelings not like well? How 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 can you prove that?
2: I can't,
0: and I can't disprove it either. I'd be like, I feel like Nolan is an asshole. That'd be my defense.
1: Do you hang out with David J. Maloney? (laughs) I I know David. I know David, and I and I I know
2: his wife Eva. Huh?
1: You guys, boys? Do you drive around in his Lambo? No, 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 no. I uh,
2: No. he's a friend of the family. I've been to his. I've been to his Christmas parties. Uh, I'll tell you how we know each other. Way a long time ago, before he was married. His wife's first job was working for my dad at one of my dad's hotels. And so that's how I got to know them or know her. And my parents and and Eva remained, you know, friends for a long time. And I'll tell you what, that guy gets a bad shake because <laughs> because if you knew how he got to where he got, man, you gotta get him on the pile.
0: I would love to. We talked about it. Can you make that happen?
2: I can damn sure try.
0: In I have fact, a picture with him. You can be like,
2: it's this guy. In fact, uh, he did me a solid because he referred me a case last week or two weeks ago. So um, I'll reach out to him. Was it?
0: Yeah. cause Was it? Because he was like, don't call me, call Jay. Well, <laughs> don't call me. Don't
1: call me. Don't call. That's not his. That's not his shit anymore. Now his shit's call
2: me <laughs> hey i i can appreciate i can he, he rebranded i can yeah. i can appreciate his position you um, got off on his shit right oh
1: fuck yeah you did yeah
2: well he didn't do anything because he felt like he was unlawfully stopped okay and uh,
1: <laughs> what well he's a lawyer yeah how are you gonna be unlawfully stopped going whatever fucking like 80 miles an hour in a lambo down Perdido key
2: so what does that mean you get a DUI investigation or you get a speeding
1: ticket? You got stopped, right?
2: So you get a speeding ticket, but right? But
1: how's that unlawfully stopped?
2: It's, it's, okay, so you can, yeah, that's so, unlawfully okay, stopped. no, it's lawfully stopped for speeding. He believed that he was further unlawfully detained for a DUI investigation in which the, in which he believed the officer lacked reasonable suspicion to further detain him for the purpose of investigating a DUI. That's oh, the that
1: problem. I was drunk driving a Lambo.
2: How was he drunk?
1: Hey, he let's speeding. not talk about this anymore because I wanted <laughs> to come speeding. on this show. Yeah, you're right. He was just yeah, speeding. Shane,
0: don't fuck up our chances here.
1: Yeah, you got to meet him. I didn't get to meet him. I did. He came he, into my he, bar. Dude, <laughs> not, dude, you have no idea. Like, we're really not like, talking yeah. shit. Like, we love this dude. We love this dude's commercial. It was, it was always a thing between us and, and our buddy Travis. And we, like, we were talking on the phone. Did you see the, the new commercial? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't call me. <laughs> and... <laughs> And he's at work. He's working the bar at uh, Funky Blue Shack, right? Yeah, it was so at our Funkies, yeah. And he like starts hitting me up. and he's like, no, "You don't fucking believe this."
0: He's like Dave J. Because it was here. like an inside <laughs> joke with us. <laughs> we well, loved him.
1: Well, I'll
2: tell you the no, the uh, the corollary is Joe Zarzar because because uh, you know everyone hates Joe Zarzar. Yeah, that's his website yeah, now, right? Yeah. I hate Joe, Joe Zarzar. Zarzar. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's got that dope office in downtown hey, Pensacola now too, ev- right?
2: Everyone's got to make money.
0: Yeah. So yeah. what's your end game here? Are you gonna make your uh, like you
2: need to create your own character here, man? So I've got Alabama some, hammer. <laughs> no, absolutely not. God, you know all these. What's comedic is that the Florida rules put the screws on you about how about how lawyers can uh, advertise and conduct themselves, unlike Alabama and Texas. <laughs> That's true. And so yeah, absolutely. And so David J Maloney does not practice in the state of Florida. He practices in Alabama. He lives in Florida, but he yeah. practices in Alabama. And so but because we're so close, we get to see all these Alabama yeah. commercials and all that. But to answer your question, no, there's no character. Now I do have this Facebook ad that I think is funny about if you've been arrested if you've been arrested on vacation while vacationing in Destin and the police gave you a souvenir and you're not sure what to do next. Call or email me I'm a former prosecutor I think it's kind of funny Yeah um, You know I like to have a certain degree Of humor about life mm. Just because You have to Yeah you do And I'm already way too serious As it begin As it As life starts So
0: So is uh, <laughs> Is criminal defense Your Is that end game for you Is that what you're doing for
2: Yes Yeah Yes That's going to be my full time job Yeah And I absolutely love it Good I love, I love confrontation, and that's always a good thing. And how does that I, work? You're married, right? <laughs> or engaged? I, I'm engaged, <laughs> but uh, yeah. for all intents and purposes, I'm married. Yeah. A piece of paper does. You not... You love
0: confrontation,
2: so that's got to be fun at home, then. Confrontation right? at work. Yeah. My, my fiance slash wife slash domestic partner is a family law attorney, and so. So how do you
0: argue?
1: It's actually well. And no, and no, mean,
0: no. No, no. Argue. no, no and, I, I want to hear what that sounds well, what's like. What's
2: funny is the your first response is not like, "Wow, you're about to marry a divorce lawyer." <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not honestly. Uh, when I when I married my wife, that's not even an option, really. You know, for me, it, I, I have two rules: like, uh, just don't fuck anyone else, and don't hit me. That's it. Don't swing on me and don't bang it. Anything else is negotiable. We can work through that. We, we oh, can...
2: Knowing your rules about, about marriage, at some point before the end of the show, I'm going to tell you about m- what I've discerned about the key to all religions. So we'll talk about that. Okay. I fun. want that. Yeah. yeah. Well, hit us. No, no. We'll, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> yeah. So um, you were saying, how, how do our arguments go? Oh, they go fantastic- when you talk about when there's no emotion involved, that's a valid point. Because you just <laughs> I think that's a valid point you just yeah. talk about High facts. Five. <laughs> and but with that, when you don't talk about emotion, you got to you got to take a step back and say, you know what, it's kind of a dick, or yeah, that's that's
0: that's the way this fact made me feel,
2: or yeah. um, I I made an assumption, or, <clears throat> or something like that, and and equal is the other side, but. We're still people too, and you get emotional, and oftentimes you you have a drink, and when you're drinking, <laughs> that doesn't help anything at say all. Say some
0: stuff you shouldn't.
2: And uh, but we we do great. I love her to death, and uh, and we're a great team. Yep. I would not be six. I would not have the level of success that I have without her.
0: Good. I. You know what? I can say that exact same thing without my wife i actually if i hadn't met my wife i don't know that i'd even be alive right now wow should be 100 <laughs> that's you know. incredible like, shank can probably attest to that though seriously um i definitely i definitely wouldn't have the career i have right now I, I wouldn't have made some of the decisions that i made for myself personally uh for my own well-being and and all of that like that's hands down 100 percent. i probably uh yeah i don't who really knows You'd never know. Nah, you... Shit, I could be a millionaire by now. <laughs> but but also, I'm just saying, I, I probably, probably wouldn't be alive.
2: You know? you know, one of the reasons why, you know, when you asked me about my intelligence and things like that is, I felt like I had a really good handle about where I was and where things were going in life and my education and... Uh, in about at two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like I thought, I was, I thought a lot of myself, yeah, and nothing was happening that was positive for me, no matter how hard I tried, and the lessons that I learned into you know in our recession, really told me that whenever you feel like you got everything figured out, you don't know shit, not even close, and. Then going to law school was the greatest thing that happened to me because I then surrounded myself amongst people that are way smarter than me. And, you know, I, I, I could sense that you were kind of balking when I said that I'm of average intelligence.
0: Not balking, just I think I know uh, uh, I know several people that went to UF and I'd say all of them are are somewhat above average intelligence, at least from a... Academic point of view, because I also understand like I knew kids that were batting, you know, a three seven, a three eight in high school, and pop a twenty eight on their ACTs and couldn't get into UF. Uh, I know it's a tough school to get into, as far as education wise. You know, regardless of athletics or anything like that. Sure. Um, if if I was concerned about education, I would, and and I was going to go to a public university. In the state of Florida, I'd probably go to UF. I mean, it, it's, especially it's in device. my field, you know, with PR and journalism, whatever, you know. I'll tell you uh, this: yeah. I,
2: I sit on the board for the uh, for the Emerald Coast Gator Club, and I'm one of the scholarship chairs now. And uh, we gave we gave five scholarships out last last year, and these kids, I couldn't have gotten to UF now. With my grades, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're of it's just insane intelligence. Yeah, yeah. they like,
0: already have AAs by the time they're going. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. but
2: it's a different world. But, you know, I say all those things to say that, you know, law school humbled me a lot. And now, I, I mean, honestly, I've started to realize that, no, my intelligence is not my greatest attribute. It's, it's a good trait that I have, I and mean, it's a good thing that I have, but work ethic... Ability to communicate, Um,
0: and that's what I tell everyone when they ask me about about my job as well and why I've become successful. And that it's not that I'm smarter than anyone else; it's that I'll fucking outwork anybody. And
2: um, and I'll tell you one other interesting one that I'm pretty good at is understanding your the climate that you're in within a conversation within a community. That's an interesting thing for me because, you know, we're talking about Trump earlier. Clearly, it's perceived to me that you don't like Donald Trump. I don't like Donald Trump. Shan, I don't think you like Donald Trump. I'm a registered Republican, but I voted for Obama twice. But living in northwest Florida— Is that only
0: because you can—so you can participate in primaries?
1: Yes and no, because since that's, we have closed primaries, because I've I considered, I, I've registered a Republican twice and it was only just to vote. In primaries. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I, I, I I've thought because I I've thought I about mean, doing that too because I wanted to, I wanted to register as an independent, but then you can't vote in any primaries.
2: I absolutely believe, and I will tell both of you that, you know, voting in our local elections matter. I mean, the, the, you know, there ain't a whole lot of votes, and you got to vote, and so that is one thing. But, I mean, look. Nothing says because you're a Republican that you got to be crazy as hell, or if become or if you're a Democrat you got to be a socialist. I mean, you can, you know, and, and it's funny because people don't often look at you know when the parties flip flop. But the reality is, is I'm fiscally conservative, and socially progressive, and a lot of people are. And there's nothing wrong with being a Republican and and having that you know that feeling I suspect that if you were a true Republican that thought the way that I did then you'd probably agree that John Kasich would probably be a pretty good president mm-hmm. but he's not the one that'll shoot you on 5th Avenue yeah. <laughs> well
1: that's what it is now it's all backed by the the evangelist it's all backed by religion oh now. yeah it's a, that's what yeah and that's a
0: good segue into what you wanted to talk about as well you know um, but I didn't mean to interrupt you, Shane. Can you finish your thought? No, 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 thought? no, I just,
1: I mean that—that's what it is. That's it. That's that's the divide. Is is the Republicans now? It's backed by this big religious Like um, he's got to be a man of God. Like that's what yeah. it is now. Which they, they which they always they and they always
0: talk about. There's a war on Christianity. But I, honestly, I I believe that there is a war on Christianity. But it's it's from the the. The Republican Party, you know, you talk about all these all these teachings of Christ and and the way that is the, the things that are happening right now are the exact opposite of that. Uh, the way these people who who claim to be Christians, followers of Christ, the the religious right, are the furthest thing from what what I believe from what I've read and the way I was raised uh, to actually be following the teachings of Christ. But a uh, segue into that, you were gonna say something. We were you were gonna talk about how what, how everything binds in religion.
2: Oh, religion. Yeah. The key to all religions. Yes. yes. So um, I play golf with with this with another local attorney. His name's Bob McGill. Bob's probably sixty sixty some years old, but he's a hell of a nice guy. We we we've become good friends. It's really strange because everyone I play golf with is between like 55 and 70 Sands or 80 Sands Drew McDowell and myself yeah and um and Bob's son-in-law well you're a good Uh, golfer I'm I'm okay yeah I keep trying to be better yeah and uh and so I play a lot how's that short game it's getting better (laughs) I made every putt inside six feet when I played last Saturday um you had to pull a fill (laughs) That, that is an interesting topic as well. <laughs> um, but I, I, I tell, you know, I was talking to Bob and uh, and I said, Bob, I you know, it's just him and I playing. And I said, I figured it out. He goes, figured what out? I said, the key to all religion. He goes, and he laughed. He's like, all right, lay it on me. What's the key to all religion? And I said, for the most part, I'm generalizing, but for the most part, if you're not a dick, you'll be successful in every religion. And he he took a step back and he goes, yeah, I could kind of see that. And if you think about it, you'd probably be pretty successful in any religion if you weren't a dick. What do you mean about, what, what do
0: you mean successful in religion? Like. Like, you mean like being a fucking deacon?
2: No, or meaning, like, you know, following the ways of their teachings.
1: I get, I got you. You're saying all the different books and all the different religions. The whole, the big point of it is just don't be a dick.
0: Yeah, dude. that's what. Okay, that's what you're don't saying. Don't be a dick. Yeah,
1: and and you're right, because I mean, because that's just how to live life, right? Isn't that a <laughs> Isn't that a li-
0: Isn't that a line from like The Big Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Not think
1: seriously. I <laughs> yeah, that was a but joke. Uh, no, I I I agree. I mean, that's that's the whole point. Don't be a dick.
2: And so
0: um it's just man we're just in this climate where everything even even your really really religious people like they live to be provocative. Does that make sense? They they crave uh arguments and and crave I don't I don't know it's just this whole it just I comes think, back to this tribalism thing.
1: That's exactly what I was going to uh, say. Well, it I, like it's, it's
0: always us versus them. And now there's, like, fucking... there's tw- if if Okay, if you want to be a, a bi-curious Trump supporter who hates oatmeal, you can probably find a group of, like, 40 other people who despise fucking oatmeal that can, you know, will join you in your quest to... Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's, you also,
1: like, also got to realize that it's what your feed is. It, it, it's what you are seeing. Feed well,
0: when area. you take it back to
2: social media, yeah. Well, uh,
1: that's where this all comes from, right?
2: So I, I will absolutely agree. A that, lot of travelers, that, yeah. But that's the, where, that's the, where the power... The,
1: of it. These people think they're getting something done. They're doing something. They think they're mobilizing by how many likes they get, right? And then your feed... If you're interacting with, like, say, North of Florida Daily News to see all that bullshit <laughs> that's getting written in the comic session, so bad. You're going to get more North of Florida Daily News posts in your feed.
2: You know, I'll say this, and the easiest way I've found, and, and I, I really enjoy it because it, it it's a lot of fun, you just talk to these, you just respond to people. Especially in our area With fact And When you respond to them with fact And I I just had this conversation the other day When they're all the uproar about the red hen And about turning away Sarah Huckabee Sanders And then my response is But it's okay If she wanted a gay cake (laughs) And they don't know how to respond Because it's a complete juxtaposition Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same fucking thing Yep And um, and as long as you stay grounded in fact, and I'll tell you this because I have to constantly remind myself, we're 240 years into this experiment. The democracy will endure so long as you stay vigilant with the fact, the facts, and you vote. You yeah. can't
0: bitch if you don't vote, or or if just the whole world gets blown off its fucking access, too. And I think that's a real possibility now too. So you know,
2: well, that's I, why we got a space for I, us to. I, to I you know, that. I laugh when I hear that because the reality is is look, the rich people still want to be rich and they still want to be alive. They ain't gonna let that happen. Donald Trump, at the end of the day, still wants to be alive. And so I, I laugh, you know, and, and, and shame on you, Jared, for saying something like that because you only lend credence to to that outlandish thoughts and, and, and idealism that these people have. They don't they just want to act and emote. That's all they want to do. It's I mean and and it's no better for the left to do the same thing. I mean, we all have to come up with common sense stuff. I'll tell you the funniest thing. You know, you have uh, – let's talk about marijuana. Rednecks love to get high. <laughs> Black people love to get it's high. a
0: generalized statement.
2: No, I say rednecks because uh, – well, I say it because it's the truth. Because you're a defense <laughs> attorney a in lot the panhandle pe- of Florida. A lot Everyone of, you a lot of you people were like to You were about to say Crestview, you motherfucker. No, I was actually going to say Walton County. Because <laughs> Walton County had one of the highest voting rates for legalization of medical marijuana yeah. in the state. And the and the demographic of Walton County is not South Miami Beach.
3: Yeah.
2: And so where it's perceived as a liberal thing... And so, um, and so it's it's funny to see, you know, when you see, you know, there are issues that we all agree on, and yet you got you got Jeff Sessions, you know, wanting to preach Re- reefer madness from the '40s. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that we should be talking about. You know, I, I've got clients that, you know, the worst thing in the world is when I got a client that's popped. ...for a violation of probation for smoking marijuana, and his literal response is, I've already been, I mean, keep in mind, he's already been to prison and is on probation for possession of controlled substances, does not want to become addicted to said substances again, smokes the marijuana because... His doctor says, well, "In order for you to deal with this pain, I need to give you more pills." And he's like, "I know how this is gonna go yeah, down. Do that. Already, yeah. already been there, ain't going back." And he goes, "Smoking CBD helps me." And I said, "Well, we need to get you a prescription." He's like, "Can't afford it right now." Smoking THC helps him too, though, for sure. I mean, l- literally, he's told me. I mean, he tells me how he gets the CBD from the store. Ah. He just goes and buys the vial.
1: Yeah, you can just buy CBD, right? Yeah, you, you can order yeah. that shit on Amazon. Evidently, you can. Uh,
2: didn't they? Uh, didn't they come through and?
0: Uh, take all that stuff from the head shops? I
1: don't know. That's that, that's where it gets here it gets locally. Didn't county?
0: I don't think Dillon so. Didn't OCSO come through the head shops and take all their CBD? Dude, they,
1: they still did that. What you know, like what was that? Like five, six years ago when like spice was real big. <laughs> they did the same shit, right? Or, they, they cracked oh it all down, but they're still selling it. <laughs>
0: or when Larry Ashley got the bulldozer and <laughs> drove over all the pipes? No. <laughs> do,
2: what? Do you remember that I remember thing? this.
0: <laughs> Larry Ashley. They went. They went and raided all of the local head shops. Yeah. And just yeah, pulled glass, which oh, is legal. Glass. glass is legal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, they because I think because the places were selling spice, spice. they would they were then had then it's contraband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, so, some they, level. so they so mm-hmm. they took all these. I mean, it was thousands of pipes and bongs and oh, uh, probably million, a million dollars worth of glassware, and he brought <laughs> a fucking bulldozer. <laughs> Ah, big rolling a, bulldozer a and he's like this is what we're gonna do and drove over all of them and you just see all this glass breaking <laughs> but the comments were funny too because uh you, you know they're they like that's a new you know he's literally bulldozing the bulldozer or whatever they call him like isn't uh, a, oh, like a straight ro- pipe as a, a steamroller steam <laughs> yeah, yeah, steam yeah. steam he's rollers. like he's bulldozing the steamroller <laughs> <laughs> you know like some of the comments were really good on that um uh but but anyway, back back to your story, Jay. You're saying that your guy was popped because he was using CBD via yeah. his probation.
2: and so the hardest thing for me is like wow, like that is a very real issue. we You have documented issues because you were medically discharged from the military. Now you've already been to prison. you don't want to go back to prison you got to figure out a way to deal with your issue and yet you don't have an avenue in the state because you're too poor and you can't afford to get a prescription. I mean, come on. And so it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough, but I was, I was able to, uh, to get him right. And, uh, we we got him. We got his violation dismissed, and we got him back on probation. And I think he'll be fine in a few months when he gets off. Right on. But it there's a lot of people that deal with that issue.
1: Well, and I think getting your prescription now is like super hard, right? It's expensive too. And I think like even in Oklahoma the County, there's only like four people or something.
0: I don't know the I don't know the numbers on it. I know it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, though. No, it's it's low. Yeah.
1: And we we and all...
0: it's also only for. Um, what Matt Gates wants, Like <laughs> what affects his family, um, I think it's only, um, I think it's only us these certain cases, um, it, like th- no. four to five different no, things no, no, that, that that it can be prescribed specifically I for. I won't name
1: him right now, but we all know somebody. So and it's 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 anxiety. No, no. So and it's and he. I think he's just got paper. It, it's been
2: expanded. It. Yeah, medical marijuana has been expanded since the original one. Since 2016. Yeah. Okay. uh, Well, it's been expanded to a lot more. I mean, medical marijuana is now legal if so long as a doctor prescribes it for you. So the doctor's got to deal with their their administrative side. But it's not the – what you're talking about was – was probably roughly, I think maybe three years ago, where it related to seizures. It was
0: 2016 when it got, when
2: passed on the ballot, right? And that was for medical marijuana. Yes. So that's, that's, that's a lot of issues. That's more than just four or five.
0: But I I think up until recently, that wasn't the case. You know a lot more about this than I do. That's exactly
2: right. And then, and then the medical marijuana um, amendment that passed expanded that. Okay. And I wouldn't be. Sure, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see full blown marijuana on the ballot in four years. Everyone likes oh, to get for high. Sure.
0: For sure, I, I, maybe even sooner.
2: Perhaps.
1: Maybe
2: sooner. Well, um, well,
1: well, with Canada, do, Canada doing what they just did, pretty, like the the entire the entire. But don't. Uh, well, but but is, don't forget. But
2: don't forget. Canada is now a national security threat.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, look out. And then also, what? not only do people not like to get high, but government really likes money, too. So, as, I mean, you could put those two together. Everyone looks at, at what Colorado's done. Over a billion dollars in a year. Yeah, our state would like another
2: billion dollars, please. No. In Florida? I disagree. I think
1: they, they probably get more no. money on the criminal side, right?
2: No. Here's what's crazy. Why, why do you disagree? here's what people don't realize about the floridian economy we can so one the the budget the in the constitution the budget has to be balanced and so they can't spend more than they they bring in but two we don't have an income tax we we live on certain we live on certain sales taxes and things of that nature to derive the income. Additionally, our criminal justice system is really a user-based system, and so you have, you know, court cost and and all kinds of costs that are paying for the system, uh, for the criminal justice system. But there have been plenty of opportunities for us to make money. In fact, I can tell you, I can tell you specifically one in which a friend of mine is doing a he repre- it's a class action lawsuit in which he represents states and municipalities and this is the partisan bullshit that really irritates me online travel agencies Expedia, BookIt, you name it, Priceline well they've been they've been stealing the penny meaning that they have been Whatever they, they don't remit their sales tax to the municipality. I'm giving you the very truncated version, the short version of this. And in essence, this law firm, my friend's law firm, is representing states and municipalities saying, hey, online travel, you cheated the municipality out of sales tax money. On, on the money that you collected, you never remitted it. You're talking about pennies on the dollar. It equates to billions of dollars for Florida, and just so happens that online travel is funding a lot of a lot of Republican uh, super PACs and things like that. the the They're sh- they're shifting political money into the system, so all of a sudden you see the right states are not interested, but yet the Democratic states and the Democratic municipi- municipalities are interested. And so when I see that, I get super frustrated because it's like we got plenty of money. You know, I've seen – where I used to work at the state attorney's office, there are people that work full-time jobs that are getting paid like $22,000 a year. How do you live on $22,000 a year? You don't. <clears throat> I don't care how good your benefits are.
1: Yeah.
2: No. It's piss poor that we're that – we're, and, and, and here's the other thing. Our cops – what you dealt with, what I see my clients deal with, they deserve better than that. They deserve, high, they deserve more educated police officers. Absolutely. They deserve. Uh, more, I, I don't think there's anybody they, who they, argues against that. They deserve more experienced police officers. But guess yeah. what? Larry Ashley's hands are tied with his budget, but the state, but it it begins and ends with the state of Florida. If they don't want to create the revenue and disperse the revenue to where we can have better infrastructure. Then we just have to live with what we have, and that ain't right. And I'm, I'm not. I've not been a fan of of how this state has been run for a long time, and hopefully that changes with um, with the new election.
0: Yeah, well, my my original point in there was just the, the legalization of marijuana and the, the money that that makes. But then you also have to talk about, you know, what that does for the, the side legalization of prisons and uh, even with even for you. Like, I, I I, mean, I would have to imagine that a chunk of your percentage of your clients are probably nonviolent drug
2: offenses. You would not realize how the odor of marijuana creates so many cases. Mm. And the frustrating thing for me is now it seems the trend is that officers – are saying, instead of having, you know, calling drug dogs out, they're saying, I smell the odor of marijuana. Well, my biggest criticism is, is I can't challenge your smell. I can challenge your sight. I can challenge your auditory ability, but I can't challenge your smell. And you're like, oh, I smell the odor of marijuana. I mean, I literally had a guy, and, and it's frustrating. I You know, I, I deal with the racial thing, having grown up in this place. Uh... You know, since since I was five years old, since 1990, and I've gotten clients that I believe that were driving while black. You know, I get a guy that gets pulled over, and he gets pulled over. The first thing he's asked is, um, "What are you doing?" Oh, what do you mean? What am I doing? Driving my vehicle. I, yeah. I'm going to work. You can see on my name tag. He goes, "Well, when I pass you at when I pass you at the <laughs> intersection." I smelt the odor of marijuana emanating from your vehicle. What? It wasn't the... It wasn't... But there wasn't white smoke coming out of your vehicle. You just smelt the odor of marijuana coming from, from my client's vehicle? And and here's the problem. So, the other side will say, Well, did he have weed in his car? Well, sure. Yeah, my guy had something in his car. The problem is... is how often does that happen when people don't have any? You know, it's a hundred percent success rate when they're in the system, but how often are they getting stopped for the odor of marijuana and there's no weed in there?
0: And well, uh, I'm just I'm just wondering what that would do for your for your company though. Would there be an effect on on the amount of money that your company makes if marijuana if marijuana was legalized?
2: It would affect it, yeah. but but the reality is is yeah. You know who? Who knows? I mean, who knows what the effect is? Maybe, maybe you have more DUIs because of it, Um, or less. Or less.
0: I mean, that's uh, there was a study done because that was a that was an argument that was made by uh, by Crowder that that DUIs actually went up, but they actually went down in the state of Colorado because um, you know if some people just like getting fucked up, if you you say what it is. So if you can just sit at your house and get fucked up and get stoned and you don't have to go to the bars, you know, get drunk, that the the DUIs actually went down. Sure. And and that's totally a All the cases of uh, DUI-related deaths went down in the state as well.
2: Um, You know, who knows? I mean, I can tell you that people are going to continue to – I'll tell you this. If marijuana was legal – I still probably wouldn't smoke it. Mm-hmm. I just like good whiskey, yeah, and and good beer, and so um, I'm not going to change from that. Yeah, and so you know who knows what people. Are well,
0: yeah, do. yeah. I mean, to be one hundred percent honest with you, the reason that I don't smoke marijuana is not it has nothing to do with the legality of it. It's just like it started. Uh, it started not working for me, <laughs> like, like like it used to. Uh, we'll just say that, and I think <laughs> I also think that like, we just got so strong, man. Like I, I had a, I had a friend of mine and uh, he's passed away now, but he used to, I I used to be really proud of the quality of marijuana I had. And he'd always be like, dude, you know where I can find some regs? <laughs> and I'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, dude, I just want some regs. And I was like, now I get it. Yeah. And now with, with all these, all these things that these kids are doing, like smoking their wax and.
3: Oh,
1: dude, dabs can and, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That shit and, dude, and
0: so, even like these edibles, man. Holy well, he, shit. And,
2: and, and here's here's what a lot of people don't understand is, uh, I was kind of telling you about another client I had that when it relates to marijuana, unless it's the plant, and if the plant is less than 20 grams, it's a felony. So yeah. oil, dabs, butter, all felonies. Yep. People don't realize that. And then... You know, you're looking at prison. Wow! So looking for edibles. For not edibles, to, you can go to prison. Then for edibles, because felony. it's not because it's, it's a that. it's a you know because yeah. they can test it. Um, not to say it's a prison case. I'm not trying to scare anybody at yeah. all, but you know, to some people, it's like, oh shit, I can. It's a felony. I mean, that in and of itself is scary.
1: No, it's brutal, man.
0: Do you ever have those moments like when you like when you're thinking about stuff or when you see someone going through something like that to where you're like dude that's just one bad decision. Like dude, that could be me. Let me tell so you. So many times. So many times over that could be
2: me. Let me tell you. Uh becoming a lawyer is one of the worst things you can do because you get so attuned to liability. It's insane. Mm-hmm. You're just you just look around and you're like, oh, so many bad things can happen that could cost so much money. Yeah, you know, like, like, like my biggest fear about drinking and driving is accident, like getting into a wreck and all of a sudden somebody dies. Yeah, and then you're looking at four years of prison. Bam, just like that. That's scary well, not, as hell. Not
0: just that. I'm not even talking about the prison, but like the fact that, like, you killed somebody. You know, just you're one bad decision away
2: from it. There um always. we are all one bad decision
1: away from yeah, a I lot of that. bad things. Yeah. We we all tread tread very carefully. Well most of us. <laughs> it,
0: do. It, yeah, and I started it, watching I started watching uh I've watched it all the way through but I started watching uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos again. <laughs> Oh my god. That shit gives me like the worst anxiety in the world because he'll start talking like they'll, they'll show you the galaxy and be like that's the sun. <laughs> that's your sun and then like just all, like all the planets and the infinite possibilities and how it just uh just it'll really it's just
2: insane. It's strange when you think of it on that macro scale, isn't it? Mm. Just
1: stardust, bro.
0: That's it. Like, and like that's dude, all we're made of.
1: Like, just stardust, bro.
2: I mean uh, I often think that we're having this conversation 10 years ago. This is probably not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then you just just magnify it, magnify it, magnify mm-hmm. it. It's like, wow.
0: And then also, we're the only known species that's aware of their own impeding death as well. If you ever thought about that. Like, uh, my my dog has no you idea. Know,
2: like, I, I kind of thought about that the other day when I was yeah. having lunch with uh, with one of my, uh, my partners that's about 20 years my older, and I was talking about retirement. And I told yeah. him, I said, I don't think that I'm going to be able to re- stop working till I'm 75. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, you're not going to have any kids, so you should be able to do that pretty, you know, sooner than that. And I said, Is that well, a decision you made? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and I said, Well, science is probably going to keep me alive till I'm in my 90s, and. <laughs> I'm not sure that I can save enough money to stop working at 60. You can't save 30 years worth of money. I'm not institutionally wealthy. Uh, there are people in life that are institutionally wealthy, but most of us aren't. I mean, there's there's some people that can't make it next month. Yeah. And so... The majority uh, of America. That's right. and I'd uh, say
0: more than 50% of the people are paycheck to paycheck,
2: right? I would say that well, well we'll we'll go with this Shane look that up real quick we'll, we'll go with stat. this at guys at I'm gonna see guys people roughly our age in our population I think ninety five percent have less than five thousand dollars in savings. Is that true? I think so. It's a vast majority of people that don't have any savings. Wow. And that's scary. Yeah.
1: That was the number three uh, search for Central Americans to be paycheck to paycheck. Because,
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to play golf three days a week. Yeah. At that's, some point in my life.
0: 75. 75% yeah. of Americans are, or are, are, it's, it's of Americans, correct? That's yeah. the study. 75% of Americans are paycheck to paycheck.
1: I mean, I'm one of those.
0: That means that zero savings, pretty I, much.
1: I mean, I've got, no, yeah, I, I basically have zero
2: savings. Yeah. I feel like I tip you pretty good.
1: There's nothing to do. With that. it, it, that's how. That's how I'm. I'm, can I'm you, being paid.
2: Can you promise to start saving my tips?
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: You start him a. Start him a. Uh,
2: well, Shane's my. Shane's yeah. the best bartender in Des. You
0: just show him. You start a side account in your own personal one. That's just the Shane VIP account. Like I mean, when you I'm, leave his bar, just say, "There you go, buddy." And you just transfer into it.
2: I mean, I could do that. Uh, uh, <laughs>
0: What we're gonna do here? If you can't trust okay. your lawyer, who are you gonna mine. trust? I, I I played golf with uh, with your golf buddy one time as well, and and uh, I'm financially uh, we aren't allowed to say retarded, but for lack of a better term, I'm I don't know how money works, and I, I talked with him about that a little bit, and you know got some pretty good insight. He's pretty smart. Goes. He knows what's going on.
2: Yeah. That's the, that's the truth. But at the end of the day, you gotta save real dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's hard to do that. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta get to a point where you're making enough to save. Yeah, but that's that goes into my larger criticism about the education system. It's fucked. Yeah, I mean when when we're at a point where we're we're advocating for degrees and not vocation, that's a problem. You know when yeah. um, when I'm when I'm talking to young kids and I'm like, hey, have you ever thought about you know, you know, going you know, becoming a, a plumber or an HVAC AC guy? And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm like, those guys make you know seventy to ninety thousand a year.
1: Dude, no one wants to do trades. No one wants and, to do. Well, that's
0: that's a big thing right now. Is that there's there's money there and people aren't wanting to do it. It's not their passion.
1: Well, I feel, I feel like <laughs> yeah. that, that's why the there's this big boom in artisans. It's, no, 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 no. Like I make artisan bread. No, I make well, artisan cupcakes. Well, it's, a, they, they, it's their trade, but they don't actually want to go into a trade.
2: You know, I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I've got an intern this summer, and she comes to me, and she says, I want to be a criminal defense attorney. And I tell her, okay, well... Here's this child molestation case. If you want to be a criminal defense attorney, you've got to be able to handle these cases. So here's your summer project. Get real friendly with this case. Pun intended. <laughs> 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 ruthless, I know. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to, you know, there's some work that i got to do this summer on it, and we're going to talk about it. And, you know, she spent some time, and she's realized, well, there's more to this story. But interning is a big thing, and, you know, realizing that whatever job you see on TV, I mean, the TV part of the job is like 5%. The question is, can you deal with the other 95% of the bullshit? Yep, exactly.
1: Um,
2: You know, I can in what I do, you know. um, I deal with the business side. You know, there's a lot of people that don't like the business side. I love it. I can handle it. Um, and so, um, it's tough. Did that pick up on there? The, we, uh, we can hear you sanitizing. <laughs> sanitizing
0: Sorry, board. dude. I bet, I don't know if you can tell, man. I don't know how this happens. And, uh, we, we got to finish up anyway. I just got the, uh, the close out your tab from, uh, from the bartender <laughs> down the other end. I didn't even think about that before we got some beers and came up here. But, uh, I, man, I don't, I don't know how this happens. But I, for the last three days, I've been fighting off this cold in late June.
2: Oh, uh, I had a sinus infection last week. So I welcomed our cancellation because of the uh
0: Yeah. Because so, of the AC. Man, I'm just trying to You're wash to my out, hands.
2: Pass
0: that Yeah, dude, I'm trying to wash my hands 20 times a fucking day, dude. I do, I've been super, like, every, dude, every morning. Almost, I'd say six out of seven mornings, I have the same like green smoothie that's just full of like spinach and kale and chia seeds mm-hmm. and all sorts of like superfoods and shit I'm taking my vitamins and I'm like how is this happening like I'm mm-hmm. exercising well, for me it was allergies I'm, I don't know what I don't know I think my wife thinks it's stress just cause a lot like the last week's been crazy but I don't
1: it's cause you're not exp- you're not eating anything else you're not you're yeah. not ex- you know uh, exposing yourself to anything else
2: or maybe you're not drinking enough
0: what water no oh beer, beer? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Booze fights off sickness? Yeah. Whiskey does. No. Yeah, that's true. No, truth.
1: fuck. You All really right, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: that, that, that'll that be the last thing that we go over.
1: Does...
0: does whiskey fight off sickness? Does
1: booze? I would say just booze in general. I
2: mean, they're just called a hot toddy. Yeah, that's what
1: that's yeah, called.
0: I mean, that's what, yeah, people do. People drink booze to...
2: I do. Oh, if, man, if I might this, go to after if, this. if this doesn't... If this research doesn't support my theory, then it's going to make me look like an
1: alcoholic.
2: So It here's turns story. out that alcohol may
1: help uh, to temporarily relieve cold and flu symptoms. As it will not cure you, it will kill germs in your bloodstream. <laughs> Here we go.
0: See, so are we just, are we just, are we uh, trying to skew facts right now? Like, you know, does, will alcohol, will drinking alcohol while you're sick make you sicker? What if we look that up?
1: Stop trying to get that. Drink.
0: Too much of anything
1: is a bad thing. <laughs> that's what exactly. I was just saying. <laughs> Gluttony. A glass of whiskey a day keeps a doctor yeah. away. That's Dude, i
0: yeah. And I'm I'm doing this diet thing, man. And it's just fucking. I think it's fucking me up, man. So, but uh, but anyway, dude, we're at two hours. Thanks for thanks for coming on, man. Hey, man, uh, thanks there, for having dude, me. Dude, there's a lot more that I want to talk to you about that we didn't get to. But, I know uh, we
2: didn't talk about everything, but yeah. But uh man, you're welcome to come time. in here. I hope you enjoyed it. I you did. Know, have you done there, a podcast before? I have not.
0: Right on. Well, cool, man. It,
2: it was interesting. It's yeah. nice to be able to talk about some things with people that want to listen and have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I do this, for sure. I feel the same exact way on my end, man. So, uh, we've been ta- I mean, we've been talking about having you on here since we started it, man. So, I'm really glad that we finally were able to get that worked out, aside from our uh, belligerently drunken conversations that we've had at 420 Fest every year. Hey,
3: I got the t-shirt. Yeah,
2: we sure do figure it all out there, right? You know, <laughs> I, will, I will gladly think... All of my teammates for helping me get there every year. Yeah, because you know, you know my my nickname is Big Shot Bob. I, I did, not, did not know that. that. <laughs> so I I am the Big Shot Bob of our trivia team, and you know who Big Shot Bob is from the NBA, right? No, that's Robert Ori Okay. So, so the deal is, is Rob Rory rides the bench for most of the season, and then when the playoffs come in and they need him, he's just banging threes out. Yeah. That's me, essentially, for our team. Like, oftentimes, random things come up, and it's like, oh, I know the answer to that. There you go. And so I'm the Big Shot Bob of our team.
0: Well, great, man. I hope, uh, I hope they end up doing it again this year. We'll see. I, we'll I think see. that's up in the right. air.
1: Oh boy! Well, I hope in, you do. We're
0: in talks. Negotiations. <laughs> so so
2: we anyway, can dude. move venues.
0: <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for coming in, man. Uh, if you definitely can get Maloney on here, tell Maloney how great we are. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll, do, I'll what do what I can for you. <laughs> yes. I'll do what here. I
2: can
0: for you. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, if uh, if you ever require Mr. Patel's services, how can they go about getting up with you?
2: Well, you can Google Jay Patel. Or you can email me, hell, I'll just give you my cell phone number, 850-225-7076.
1: Call him. Heard it here first. <laughs> if you
2: need me, I will personally return your phone call. Great. Uh,
0: yeah, and also, uh, if you have anything for us, please email us, wimty.podcast W-I-M-T-Y, at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get back with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Jay, thanks again for coming in. We're going to go close out our tabs before uh, we get in trouble with the other end. So we'll see you guys. Take care.